0: Jesus rose up from the dead. What a wonderful truth that the Christian can embrace. Unfortunately, in kind of looking at my own life, and when I've articulated the gospel in the past, I've kind of thought of Jesus rising from the dead as an afterthought. I focus on Jesus died for our sins, but what if I emphasize the resurrection? What do I find? What if I dig deeper and look at to what that means? Well, to study the end, we have to start from the beginning. In the beginning, God created everything. The land, the sky, the ocean, animals. But his work was epitomized in his masterpiece. And that's us. People. Men and women created to be the perfect reflection and bearer of God's image back to him. And for a time, people were perfect too. We mirrored that perfect and holy God back to Him, and and fellowship was enjoyed to the fullest between man and God. Complete wholeness was experienced, but it didn't last for long. Why? Sin. Our sin. For Adam and Eve... It was the desire to be like God and knowing the difference between good and evil. And unfortunately, they learned exactly what that was. Perfect fellowship was broken. They became spiritually dead inside, completely separated from God. And what was originally created to be a perfect reflection back to God of his goodness became a broken and shattered mirror. And this brokenness that Adam and Eve experienced became the inheritance for all mankind and us. We're broken people from the start. I mean, sometimes we try to do the right thing, but we fail. As people were too inclined naturally to be liars, thieves, idolaters, adulterers. We try to make ourselves look better than others out of our own pride. We take advantage of others' weaknesses and a whole host of other things. Sometimes we sin because when we look at it, it's like, "Ah, it's it's, it's not so bad. Or we look at it and we say, "Ah, it could be fun. But I tell you that the things of this life that seem fun, seem like they would ultimately satisfy us, every single time is something that is over-promising, but will ultimately under-deliver. Our sin does nothing but leave us empty and broken inside, desiring more, and continues to separate us. God. We find in Romans 6 that the wage earned of our sin is death. And then if we look at the Old Testament, we see that the way sin was dealt with then is through the sacrifice of innocent blood, an animal, usually a lamb or an ox or something like that. But the problem with this is that it could only temporarily mask our sin. It's, it's It's like if we tried to repair an old broken down house by just... Painting the outside. Sure, it's like it takes care of some initial aesthetic issues, but ultimately the foundational center of the problem is not being addressed. We need something, we need a sacrifice that can not just mask our sin and manage it, but remove it from us entirely. And you know, God desires to have us back, He doesn't enjoy the separation he need, he wanted to provide a sacrifice on our behalf so that we could experience fellowship with him again you've heard and seen much of that played out on the stage tonight if we look back to the old testament like they read in the scriptures earlier we can see that there were things foretelling of the coming of jesus that he would come to die to take our penalty upon himself And in light of that sacrifice, we can enjoy relationship with the Father again. And the things of the world that over-promise but under-deliver would be replaced with complete wholeness that's found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who loved you so much that he humbled himself to becoming human and dying in your place. Earlier, I briefly mentioned the resurrection, how sometimes we talk about it, and how Jesus died to save us from our sins, but add, and then he rose again after, as sort of an afterthought. And what a wonderful truth his death and sacrifice is. By no means do I want to take away from the amazing sacrifice that was made for us. But it's almost like we're saying, yeah, that happened too, and then moving on. And it's a travesty. Bill Bright, the man who started Crew way back in 1951, said the resurrection of Jesus was, quote, history's most significant event. Because everything that Jesus said about himself and who he was hinges on whether or not, after he was crucified, if he stayed dead. If he was just some guy. If he was just a liar or a crazy person parading around proclaiming to be God, he would stay dead because he would have no power. He would have no authority. But if he were to raise from the dead, he would surely be recognized as God himself. And listen, the good news for us tonight is that Jesus did raise again. He did come back to life, and he is God And the resurrection means a multitude of different things for us. But I only have enough time to briefly concentrate on a couple of them tonight. First thing I want to address is how Christ's power over death was revealed in his resurrection. Romans 6-9 says that we know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The resurrection has secured victory for us as well. And what it does is, Ephesians says it lifted us up into the heavenly realms where we're seated with Jesus and experience the glory with Christ. Death could not hold Jesus down, and therefore, as a believer, it cannot hold you down either. Secondly, The resurrection proved that Christ did have the power to forgive sin. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 17 that if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless because you are still dead in your sins. In other words, if Christ is still dead, you are still dead. Jesus proved that he had a power and authority to free us from our bondage to sin, to give forgiveness and to assure us of eternal life found in him. And we know that Jesus took our sin and died, but He didn't stay that way. He rose again, and as believers, our old selves died with Jesus on that cross, and our new selves rose again with Him. And I know many of you have heard this saying before, but its truth is so good that it bears repeating. Christ did not come to this earth merely to take a bad person and make him good again, but to take a dead person and give them life again. And I know that as I stand up here speaking to you, there are two groups of people in this room. There are those that have relationship with Jesus, and there are those that don't. And in light of that, I have two notes that I want to address and end on. First, If you're someone who has not accepted Jesus into your life and you have not trusted in Him to take care of your sins, whether it's because you think they're too great or too numerous or you think that that Jesus wouldn't have wanted to come to the earth to die for you, know this, God doesn't wish that any of us should perish but rather that we would come to know faith in Jesus Christ, believe in Him and experience life eternally in heaven with the Father. He rose again. And what good truth is that? If a new life in Christ today, if you would want to experience new life in Christ tonight, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want to experience eternal life in heaven in the relationship that you were created for forever, I implore you, make a decision to follow Jesus You can do so by simply asking Him to come into your life, asking Him to forgive you of your sins and guide you as you continue to walk with Him for the rest of your life. If you want to talk more about what that looks like or if you decide that you want to make that decision, would you come find me or anyone else that you've seen on the stage tonight? And in fact, after the meeting tonight in the stairway up here at the top of the uh, stairs, there's going to be people up there praying and they would love to talk to you about whatever's going on in your life. They would love to talk to you about what walking with Jesus looks like and how to make that decision. And if you do make that decision, would you indicate that on a blue card so we can get that in the hands of a staff person who can come alongside you, care for you, and walk with you through this process? And secondly, to the people who have placed their faith in Jesus, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you to live in the wonderful truth that is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says in Titus chapter 2 that Jesus came to train us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live upright and godly lives today. Like I mentioned before, when Jesus died, He didn't stay that way. And likewise, when your old self died, you shouldn't stay the same way that you were before. Let's live as new creations that have been given new life and made alive in Christ and honoring God in everything that we do. I'd like to go ahead and invite the band up and I'm going to pray to close out this this brief message and then we're going to join together in worship and we're going to lift the roof off this place. Father God, Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for providing the sacrifice that no other man, no animal, nothing, no good works that we can do could ever provide. Thank you for the perfect, eternal sacrifice. We thank you that we get to enter into relationship with you. And God, we pray that we come together as believers and that we can celebrate this good news, that we can celebrate Jesus coming to the earth, dying and being raised. Amen.